honor and privilege today that we have a missionary with us who is a missionary to a closed country. And I'll be saying more about him in just a few moments, uh, but uh, whenever before he gets up to preach, we have to end our live stream. Uh, we can't put this online. We can't record uh, their portion of the service uh, because of where they serve. And so uh, we, uh, I'm, I'm so looking forward to him coming up and being able to share uh, what, uh, what God has, has done uh, in their ministry, and I'm looking forward to that. But before we do, um, I want to dive into something that I think is important for us to, to ask uh, the, que- uh, the question that's, that's on the screen this morning. What is going on? What's going on? Maybe you've been there before. Maybe you've asked that question. What's going on? In our house, that's a regular question that's asked. Usually, it takes place whenever Tress and I are in another room, and all of a sudden we hear crying going on in some other part of the house, and we may yell or shout or something and say, what is going on over there? Okay, what's happening? What, what just, what happened? Uh, who hit who? What's, what's going on? All right? Maybe you've asked that question before in that situation. Maybe you've asked that question because you were watching a sport. Maybe you're not much of a sports person, but, but you're watching uh, with, with somebody else, and and you're watching things that are happening, and this is going on, and this is happening there, and the ball goes over here, and you're sitting there and saying, "What? I don't know what's happening here. What's going on? I, I don't understand what's taking place right now. As a husband, this is a regular occurring question in my life uh, to my wife. <laughs> and so I'm sure many of the men in this room can sympathize with that. Honey, what's going on? I don't understand. I'm lost right now. I don't know what's happening. And usually she'll look at me and say, you should know what's going on, all right? And, uh, and, uh, and I'm like, okay, hold on a second. I'm going to go over here and stand in the corner for a minute and see if I can figure out what it is that I did, right? You know, what's, what's going on? Maybe you've been guilty of asking that question in the middle of a movie that you weren't paying close enough attention to, and all of a sudden something happened that drew your attention, and now you look over and you interrupt everybody else that's watching the movie, and you say, what, what's going on here? I don't know what's happening. Maybe you've experienced that before. I have no doubt that for many of us, most of us, over these last few weeks, that thought, that question's gone through your mind. With all that's been happening around our world, what's going on? What's happening? Many of you, like me, have watched over these last couple of weeks as evil people sought to destroy the people of God. Evil sought to win. Atrocities and horrors that have taken place and have been broadcast on our media and things like that. I don't know if you, like me, uh, it's been overwhelming. We've had glimpses into the potential of man's evil heart without God's intervention. Murder of innocent lives, including children. Abuse of women. Torture of other human beings. Absolute depravity of man acting out oftentimes in the name of religion. If you haven't experienced any emotion of some maybe righteous indignation or brokenness over these last couple of weeks, I must ask the question, what if that was your family? And what makes you think that we deserve any better than what's going on in another part of our world? What if that was your wife? What if that was your kids? What if that was your home? What if that was our city that this was taking place in? And what makes us think that we don't deserve that very thing to happen where we live today? It's humbling. It's heartbreaking. 
And it's with that heartbreak and with that thought in mind that my mom texted me this week. And she said, Kyle, is what's happening right now? She said, it sounds awful familiar to a verse in Zechariah chapter number 14. Look with me, if you would, at the first two verses here. My attention was captivated by these verses this week. The Bible says this, Behold, the day of the Lord cometh. Thy spoil shall be divided in the midst of thee. Listen to verse number 2. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city shall be taken. Listen, the house is rifled, the women ravished. Half the city shall go into captivity. The residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Is not this what we're seeing right now? Could it not, this, this, this paragraph that we just read, could it not be the headline in a news article or a news clipping that maybe we read over these last couple of weeks? Houses rifled, women ravished, people taken to captivity as hostages in Israel. Could that not been a headline that we've read? Well, while it sounds all too familiar, this is not a prophecy in, in Zechariah of what just happened. It's a prophecy of what is still to come. You see, these events described are events that will take place after the rapture of the church at the end of a seven-year tribulation period in which God will rain out His wrath on the world in His final dealing with Israel. Before the events we just read about will come to their final fruition, following the removal of the church from this earth, there will be a rising up of nations surrounding Israel with the intention of their destruction. And in the midst of that threat, a man will rise on the scene as a perceived Messiah, a perceived Savior. We know him as the Antichrist. He will do what seems impossible, he will lead in a peace treaty with Israel. But for that to happen, the world has to be in turmoil and upheaval. And attacks have to be coming upon Israel. With that peace treaty, we'll begin the seven-year countdown of the tribulation period. Now today is not a deep dive into the eschatological calendar of what's going to happen in those last seven year period and things like that. Listen, but today is a reminder, it's a foreshadowing of, listen, it could happen very soon. You see, we have the context and we know for sure that this, what we just read, is not what just took place in the nation of Israel. We know why, because it's in the context of the passage, we know when it is going to take place. You see, after all of that destruction that takes place, we come to verse number 3. The Bible says this, Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations as when He fought in the day of battle, and His feet shall stand, here it is, in that day upon the Mount of Olives. We know this is the second coming of Christ, which is before Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west, and there shall be a very great valley, and half the mountain shall remove uh, for, uh, toward the north and half of it toward the south, and, and ye shall flee to the valley of the mountains, for the valley of the mountains shall reach unto Ezel, and yea, 
that ye shall flee like as ye fled before the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah, and the Lord my God shall come, and all the saints with thee, and it shall come to pass in that day that the light shall not be clear nor dark, but it shall be one day which shall be known to the Lord, not, not day nor night, but it shall come to pass that at evening time it shall be light. And, and it shall be in that day that living water shall go forth out of Jerusalem. Half of them toward the former sea. Half of them toward the hinder sea. In the summer and the winter it shall be. And the Lord shall be king over all the earth in that day. And there shall be no, uh, one Lord and his name one. And the land shall be turned as a plain from Geba uh, of, uh, uh, to, to Rhinon south of Jerusalem. And it shall be lifted up and inhabited in her place. And with Benjamin gate uh, from Benjamin's gate into the place of the first gate and the corner gate and from the tower of Heniel and the king's winepress and men shall dwell in it and there shall be no more utter destruction but Jerusalem shall be safely inhabited. Listen, this is referring to an event of a day that's soon to come. A day that is still in our future when there will be peace, true peace in Jerusalem. When Jesus comes all the way down and His feet, feet rest upon the Mount of Olives. The Bible tells us that He will destroy the enemies of God and the the enemies of His people. With a spoken word, the greatest war will come to an end. Look at the destruction that we find in verse number 12, exactly just how destructive it will be. It says this, And this shall be the plague, wherewith the Lord will smite all the people that have fought against Jerusalem. This is gory, alright? The detail is, is, is excruciating. Listen what happens. Their flesh shall consume away while they stand upon their feet. Their eyes shall consume away in their holes. Their tongue shall consume away in their mouth. I don't know exactly what this is going to look like, but it's going to be an ugly scene. I can tell you that. It's not going to be pretty. Everybody that stands against God and His people will be destroyed in an instant. And you know what's cool? There's going to be people there watching it happen. You know who they're going to be? I'll be there. (laughs) If you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you will too. You say, how do you know? Look back at verse number 5. You flee to the valley, the mountains, the valley, the mountains shall reach into Azel. Yea, you shall flee like he fled before the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah. Listen, and the Lord my God shall come, and listen, and all the saints with thee. Oh, we've talked about it before. Be coming riding on that white horse where we're going to witness God's ultimate victory over the enemy. What a day. The day that we were just singing about just a few moments ago. Praise His name. So what about what's going on in Israel today? Well, I think it's proof that everything the Bible says could be just around the corner. Shadowing of what is to come. All my life I've heard preachers stand before me and proclaim that the rapture of the church of Christ, uh, that it could happen at any moment, that it was imminent. But can you imagine how people must have felt before 1948, before Israel was given back their land, an actual piece of property? Can you imagine what, what, what people, how hard it was to comprehend even 60 or 7 years ago that everyone could imagine that they could see two witnesses dead and lying in the street over in Israel? And have TV like we have it today. Today we see it happen just like that. Everywhere you look. Can you imagine... Only a few decades ago, how hard it was to imagine a mark of a beast placed not on, the Bible says, but in the right hand or the forehead. And today, people will line up to get a 
a chip implanted into their hand because of how convenient it could be. Now, I'm not saying that that today is the mark of the beast, but what I am saying is it's all lining up in place. And now, can I tell you, it doesn't take much imagination to see the possibility of Israel facing an all-out attack from nations on its border. Friend, no matter where you are today, I can tell you this. No man knows for sure the hour of Jesus' rapture and ultimately his return. But can I tell you, it could be very soon. So can I challenge you to make sure you're ready? Make sure you're ready by knowing for sure that you're going to spend eternity in heaven. Make sure that you're going to be one of those saints that's going to come riding back on that day when Jesus comes and stands on that Mount of Olives and gives the ultimate victory there in that battle of Armageddon. Make sure you're one of them that's going to be there. You say, Kyle, this sounds like some crazy conspiracy thing. Hey, listen, friend, you may think I'm crazy. That's fine. But can I tell you this? It's all right here in this book. And this book is true. And it always is true, and it just keeps proving itself true. And things that didn't seem possible, you know what's happening? It's coming true. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you've never put your faith and trust in Him and Him alone, can I encourage you today? Get it settled. Get it settled. And friend, if you do know Jesus Christ as your Savior, then where is the urgency? Where is the urgency? The urgency to get busy living a life for God with the time that we have left. The urgency to tell people about the one who's going to give that ultimate victory. The urgency to live for something that's actually going to last for eternity. May we wake up this morning. Because we have no guarantee of another day or week to serve him. Bible tells us in Proverbs 27, verse number 1, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Two weeks ago, a little over two weeks ago, everything was in place. Plans were already made that in January, (laughs) I was going to make a trip to Israel. (laughs) Things have changed couldn't imagine but you know who wasn't caught off guard the Lord he knows and I believe with all of my heart he's setting things in place for his imminent return and I hope you are ready for it when he comes I shared with you earlier the rest of the service is going to be a little bit different we've got the blessing of having a missionary couple with us And because of where they serve, we're not able to stream the rest of the service. So if you're